This is Classical Music Decoded with Dino Madramutu. That was an extract from the Symphonic Suite Sherazade composed by Nikolai Rumsky-Korsakov. It's a gorgeous piece of music, one that you will periodically hear performed in concert. And there's a violin part to it that is crucial to the entire work. And fortunately, I'm joined by one of the top violinists around, Miro Chakaria. Now, he's the concert master for the Joburg Philharmonic Orchestra and other orchestras as well. Miro is very easy to identify. When the conductor steps onto the stage, he or she will shake hands with the concertmaster. And most of the time in orchestras here in South Africa, that person is Miro. Welcome, Miro. So good to have you. Thank you, Dina. I'm very happy to be here and discuss this wonderful topic. Right. Now, before we get into the music, I'd like to ask you, you're the concertmaster of the JPO and what responsibilities come with the title? Oh, that's enormous responsibility because the concertmaster actually is the link between the conductor and the orchestra. It's an extremely important job because uh, the concertmaster, in a way, inspires the whole stage in certain aspects and leads not only the first violin, yes, that is my section, I'm the leader of that section, but also have to unite the other string principles. Now, the way I think of it is that if the orchestra were a football team, you would be the captain. Absolutely. That's actually the best description. The captain, I'm taking all the responsibility for the orchestra on the stage at the actual concert. Now, let's get into the Sherazade Symphonic Suite. It's a work that you and I both enjoy, and perhaps we should start with a bit of background. Here's what I know about the work. It was inspired by Tales from the Arabian Nights, which is a collection of folk stories, mostly from the Middle East, but also from India, Iran, and North Africa. And there were translations of the tales in Europe, and Rimsky read one of those translations, and from that, he struck upon the idea of composing a piece of music that was oriental in character. What do you know about the background? Scheherazade is one of the most famous and colorful program pieces, called program pieces, because each movement has a name, each movement has a story, and each movement is led by a certain, as you say, history or tales. Okay, so what, what do you mean by a program piece? Program piece is there where the piece is telling a story. And that is, is programmed to show something to us, to present something to us. And that is a program work. Like pictures of exhibition Ravel. Uh, uh, Mussorgsky composed it for the piano, but Ravel orchestrated for the orchestra. Mm -hmm. And that shows us a picture from exhibition. So Shehorazad also is showing us a story of Sultan Shahriar, who convinced of the faithlessness of women, vowed to execute each of his wives after the first night. That was extremely cruel. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh, but a woman, Sultana Shehrazad, saved her own life 
But interesting him, in the tales, she told him through thousand and one nights. Impaled by curiosity, the Sultan saved her life. But she has to work very hard telling him every night a story to keep his interest. And she was extremely clever because the story was that long that went until the morning. So uh, when he supposed to execute her, but in the morning he was very curious what happening. So he, <laughs> he didn't execute her and went on and on and on. And eventually when he was absolutely satisfied, fell in love with her. And they got married and lived ha happily after. <laughs> like any good fairy tale. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, now, I mentioned a violin part that is crucial to the work. What can you say about that part, seeing that when this work is played here in Johannesburg, you're the person who plays that part? Yes, I played it. And this recording, which you are listening and you'll be listening, is our recording of Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra in 2010 live a performance uh, but the actual solos now that's the most important part of the whole work because that's represent Scheherazade which introduce uh, the listener to the that eastern beauty the violin solo it's particularly this one it's how to say it's it's a little bit difficult in sense of appears in every movement mm -hmm. So most of the violin solos appears once and you played it and it's wonderful and you say, oh, okay, now it's finished. <laughs> you can breathe. But this one appears four times, actually five times, in fact. So every movement starts and say, oh, I have another solo and I have another solo. Right. I, I, I'm talking about in terms of uh, pure difficulties of the solo. But it's extremely inspiring. So with that solo which i'm playing i should set up the whole picture the whole atmosphere of of the movement so it's it's that solo that anchors the work exactly absolutely that is uh, Scheherazade <laughs> and it has to play it in a way uh brings the mood set up the mood now in this work there are two characters one of them Scheherazade represented by the violin solo but there's also a trombone part that doesn't appear frequently. In fact, as far as I know, it appears once at the beginning of the first movement and again at the end of the fourth movement. But that trombone part represents the Sultan Sharia. Yes, the trombones uh, represent the, the Sultan and his anger and his uh, loud voice over and the brass instruments in that sense, particularly trombones, are the best to, to present that, to set up that mood. But also many other instruments are involved later in the story, like oboe, flute, all the woodwind instruments. And each movement represents different characters. Uh, so the violin is the main, but the woodwinds also represent later the prince and the princess. Right, so they also have yes. a story to tell. A the violinist Sherazad and yes. the woodwinds are other characters exactly. in the story. Yes. Shall we take a listen to the first movement or the opening of the first movement? <laughs> ¶¶ 
I just want to mention as we heard first the solo, I want to here is the time to explain a little bit of the structure of that solo for, sure. the, for the interest of our listeners. Scheherazade's solos are structured in, in a very interesting way because as you heard, as the violin comes, the harp set up a beautiful carpet, I would say, for, for that solo. Yes, I think that's a lovely description because it's almost like the harp part is floating Exactly. Like a magic carpet. Exactly, a magic carpet. Because if you imagine that solo without the harp court in that moment, it would be a little bit ordinary. But that harp court, it's like a magical, it's like from heaven, appearance of, of Scheherazade. And then by the end of the, each solo, Rimsky Korsakov writes a little bit of a cadenza. A so-called cadenza. A cadenza, it's a part of the every instrumental part where the composer gives the soloist freedom. So the first part is quite strict, marked as a lento, that means a slow tempo. But after that, by the end of the solo, the composer gives absolute freedom to the violinist to express him or herself in the best possible way. Okay, so you have a bit of a freedom to work with when you play the solo. Exactly, but, but the freedom is given by the composer at the very end of the solo. At the beginning, it's a very strict tempo. The tempo indication is strict, and the harp chord, of course, also gives the frame how the solo should be played. But by the end, when that's finished, the cadenza is giving that freedom and show in the best way the character of Scheherazade. By the way, this movement is called the Sea and Sinbad Ship. Yes. And interestingly, Rimsky-Korsakov enrolled in the Russian Naval Academy when he was still a teenager, and he spent three years at sea sailing around the world. And so the rhythms of the sea, he knew that very well. And that's something that he communicates brilliantly in this first movement. He really does give the impression of a ship at sea. And you can feel, you know, the movements and the swells building up and dying down. And the seas in stormy weather, as well as the seas in calm weather. He does a really excellent job of that. Shall we take a quick listen?
There's a lot more of that in the movement and it's so beautifully done. I just want to come in here and say that if you hear very well the lower strings, cello and double basses in, in violas, you can hear clearly the C because yes. they have these arpeggio structures all the time, which that is the waves, that is the sea, that, is a, mm. uh, that goes through the whole movement. And that's uh, a chord structure in the lower strings uh, gives the wonderful uh, illusion of how the sea is always, is never, is always breathed. It's, yes. It's, it's, it's never absolute still. It's always in an open sea. You There's a movement. Well, yes, yes, exactly. And that is represented perfectly well in the lower strings. And interestingly, Scheherazade appears also here when the sea is calm and there is the uh, solo violin appears again, followed by the clarinet part. But that is the in the soft part of the actual movement. where the again comes the, the but, sea yes but that's the best when the sea is calm and the violin comes she hurries out the face appears again and there was a lovely conversation between the violin and the flute it's a violin flute violin clarinet violin oboe and the cello of course as a solo as you hear mm -hmm. still keeps that movement that's the well. movement that of the is, sea that's yes. the movement that's uh, the cello re represents that when it's calm, now you have only here single instruments represent. When is the sea, it's, it's stormy, the whole orchestra play. Let's take a look at the second movement now, which is called The Tale of the Calendar Prince. Now, in legend, a calendar is a Sufi mystic, and uh, they would often pitch up at royal courts or the homes of wealthy people, and they told stories and asked riddles and in exchange, they wanted to stay the night. Now, calendars, you know, were dressed in rags and they appeared to be poor, but they were often princes in disguise. And so if you refused hospitality to a calendar, chances are you were offending or being rude to a prince, which, of course, no one wanted to do. So that is what this movement is about. It's about a calendar. Now, what can you tell us about the music in this movement? Yeah. The movement starts immediately. In fact, uh, many conductors doing attacker from the first to the second movement, they go straight into the second movement. Some conductors are waiting, but in our case here, in our live performance, our conductor, Michael Dworzynski, excellent Polish conductor, uh, he preferred attacker. So the violin solo came immediately after the last chord of the first movement. And here, the composer this time presented Scheherazade much more anxious, much more 
you know, the, the free part of, of the solo is much more anxious. You, you hear double stops, you hear very high scales, and, and you immediately feel different, feel that Sheherazade at that time, uh, start, starting the second story, is much more, how to say, I would say nervous mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in that sense. So the solo here immediately gives that impression. Well, let's listen to it. Yes. theme of the calendar prince here is presented by three variations. First, the bassoon starts the theme, then the oboe takes over, and then the third one is, is presented in a waltz-like uh, melody from the strings. That's a wonderful way to present the theme three times. Yeah, it's a very engaging way to exactly. present that one theme. The engaging way actually is the right word. Now, what else is there in the second movement? Does the violin theme of Sherazade appear again? Uh, no, the violin uh, theme appears only in, in the beginning, setting up the mood, and the story starts, and that's how the second movement goes. <laughs> Now let's take a look at the third movement of the work, and I really love this movement. It's called The Young Prince and the Young Princess. And this movement depicts two lovers. And it's a slow, gentle movement with lots of beautiful parts. And again, there are two characters, the young prince, the young princess. How are they introduced, Miro? Here, first time in the work, violin doesn't open the movement. The movement is opened by beautiful tune presented by the first violins this time, the whole section, which is showing the character of the prince. This tune is developed by Rimsky-Korsakov in a couple of variations after that to complete the character of the prince. And immediately after that, under the beautiful accompaniment of the snare drum, comes the character of the princess. And again, uh, this beautiful uh, Eastern melody accompanied by the drum and also appear in a couple of variations and shows the beauty of that tune. Let's listen then to the opening of this movement 
where the prince is presented by the violins. Right there we heard the theme that identifies the prince in this third movement, the young prince and the young princess. Now that clarinet part that we heard at the end there, it's a lovely part. That to me sounds like these gentle, delicate kisses. Am I being a bit fanciful here? No, I love your expression because each time the tune appears, ends with that beautiful arpeggio and you're going to hear it in a clarinet you're going to hear it in a flute you're going to hear it in a violence you're going to hear it from many instruments but this exactly marks the end of the tune and starting of the new variation and again uh, end of the tune and starting the new variation but i love your expression like a beautiful gentle kiss <laughs> i would say after each story they might kissing each other <laughs> Shall we identify the princess yes. now? We've met yes. the prince. Here's the princess. That was the princess, and it's a, there's a lovely rhythm to that theme. There's a bit of a dance rhythm to it. Exactly. That's why I'm always imagining this exotic Eastern dance by the princess, most probably to impress the prince with, with her appearance. Right. Now, the Eastern element there, as I was listening, it occurred to me, is denoted not only by the scale used, that sounds a bit Oriental, but also by the percussion that drum is the main factor here in that team because exactly showing the dance character of the team without the drum you wouldn't you st you still think it might be a dance but the the drum completely 
make that absolute sure. Right, now the voice of Sherazad in the form of the violin solo returns again here. And yes. what, what character does it take in this third movement? Here uh, comes more or less towards the end of the movement. Now Sherazad appears here in a most beautiful and delicate way, the solo again. And after that, the variations appear because the solo continues. And while the solo is going, all the instruments like uh, oboe, coranglé, flute, they're playing on that beautiful carpet of the violin solo. And you're going to hear because first the solo starts and then comes all these tunes mixed on the carpet of the beautiful type of violin arpeggios. And uh, I, I imagine here Sheherazad is taking part of that love story with her appearance there. Well, let's listen to that violin solo. Let's move on to the fourth movement then, and it has a rather long title, which gives the indication that there's a lot happening in this movement. And the movement is called The Festival at Baghdad, The Sea. The ship goes to pieces on a rock surmounted by a bronze warrior, and conclusion. So does this movement too start with the voice of Sherazad? Oh yes, that is the most colourful movement in, in the whole work. And starts again with this very loud voice of the Sultan. He said, I'm still not satisfied or something like that. And then the solo here appears also at the beginning, but in a completely different way. You can see Shahrazad is being scared this time because the solo starts with double stops, very unsettled. And the first double stops and then the Sultan again screams at her 
and then she appears again and answer but this time she uh, the, the the solo appears in courts filing courts very anxious very completely different appearance comparing to the other movements and you can feel that Shehrazad is unsettled and after this dialogue between the sultan and Shehrazad the story starts a festival in Baghdad you hear all this colorful strings and flutes and fast themes and virtuosity in the orchestra and you you feel the festive atmosphere at the beginning in the movement <laughs> It sounded like the sultan was in a rage. Obviously, because the anxiety of Shehrazade in that court is obvious. Interpretively, it sounded to me like she was fearing for her life. Yes, and that's why this is a very powerful story which is coming after that, which is mesmerizing, in fact, in terms of all the effects Rimsky-Korsakov uses in this movement. So let's take a quick listen then to the color as you called it from that movement. that you can hear all the different instruments in their best virtuosity and trumpets with a beautiful pattern and first violins and the flutes and it's so colorful 
Now, what's occurred to me from listening to this movement is that not only uh, is there new material presented here, but Rimsky-Korsakov revisits themes that he used in previous movements, the theme from the second movement, the tale of the calendar prince. Also, the uh, young prince and the young princess. We hear the prince's theme return in this fourth movement. And, of course, he introduced the new so-called festival theme, which is Bumblebee, a variation. You can hear it clearly in the first violence, that very fast passages, repeated fast passages with sounds like the fly of the bumblebee. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah. Rimsky's exactly. other famous composition. Exactly. So he uses this a little bit here in the last movement as well. What I'd like to know, though, is how does he bring the story to an end? After all this uh, festivals and the ships and the waves and the crashes, and then at certain moment, by the end of this, appear a court, a very very distinguished court, which you cannot miss it because it's very strange court. But this extremely specific court, which is so calm and is so genius, in fact, that comes into the story just like that, with that court. It's uncertain court because it's beautiful but uncertain because you don't know what will be the reaction of the Sultan after all this story. It's so genius, that court, that shows the end of the story, but shows you also uncertainty. And now what? Now what's going to happen? It's worth hearing that quote, because it's so genius in that sense. Well, let's go to it. So that's the chord then. Ah, the actual chord comes after the fanfares. A soft moment comes, a moment of waiting. And then this beautiful chord appears in Yorkshire. That is the actual chord which I'm talking about. After this moment of uncertainty, the chord appears and says, okay, now is the end and now what? After the chord, we go into the uh, Sultan and then Sherazad. Uh, after the chord, following the, by the violin solo. That's her last appearance. And this last appearance, to me, is the most beautiful of all the appearances because everything is mixed here. The glory, the beauty, the... I can't explain that moment. I cannot express it. You have to be in a hole to hear it. And when you're playing it, I'm, I'm feeling that, that oh, the story now is finished and she's saved and everything is beautiful. And the story comes beautifully to the end. And it's something extremely interesting in that violin solo this time, because it's, it's quite long ending. The solo is stretched and at the end, under the very high harmonic of the violin, but the interesting part here is that he wrote that not only one violin to play it, he wrote two players to play that harmonic, very high E harmonic, which if only one violin plays it, it's fine, it's beautiful. But I don't understand why he doubled it with another violin. When you've been playing the whole work without tuning, usually E string of the violin 
gets a little bit out of tune always. It's, it, it's, you know, you cannot control that. And now, when the two violin plays this natural harmonic, you cannot do anything to fix the intonation. If you play a normal note, you can adjust your finger, you can fix the intonation, but here, in that sense, the two violins plays open harmonic, which is impossible to control the intonation. So this harmonic, at the end of the piece, and he insists that two violins plays it, it's very strange because it's always a little bit, a tiny bit out of tune. Some orchestras, of course, are playing it only one violin just to avoid that. But if we follow Rimsky-Korsakov score, you have to play it as a two violins. So in this recording, in were this, there two violins or just one? Yes, in this recording we're playing two violins because also the conductor insisted that it's played as is written. Well, now you've really got me interested in yes. that part, so we have to take a listen. And we have to hear the whole solo, the ending. Now, I'd have to admit that my ears are not good enough to tell if there were intonation problems there. So I'll just take your word for it, Miro. <laughs> now, we know that uh, you were on first violin and you played the Sherazade theme in that recording. Who were the other soloists? Oh, yes, that was my wonderful colleagues. Mariel Neville in flutes, Gary Roberts and Leslie Lebrun in oboe and Coranglay. 
Philip Kotzier on the clarinet, Penny Fraser on the bassoon, Shannon Armour on French horn, Berwin Roberts on the trombone, of course, Donny Bauer on the trumpet. trumpet. And uh, we had a wonderful evening, and even you can hear at the end the applauses after that, uh, the perfect response of the audience for that evening. But we really managed that evening to get into the feel of that work and present it in the best possible way. I particularly enjoyed listening to that recording. It was the JPO Joburg Philharmonic Orchestra, and it was recorded live at the Linda Auditorium in 2010. And the conductor again was? Michael Dworzynski, excellent Polish conductor, who really made astonishing work with that piece. Now, Miro, thank you very much for discussing Sherazad with me. I look forward to hearing you live in concert. Thank you, Dino.